0: Welcome to Integrative You Radio, hosted by Dr. Nick Carruthers and yours truly, Dr. Nicole Rivera. This is the place where you become limitless. We are covering the latest and greatest topics, of course, in a disruptive fashion, around integrative medicine, mental health, and human behavior. We are also covering how those topics affect the human, and family dynamics. We will be sprinkling in some truth bombs for our healthpreneurs so they can join us in our mission to evolve healthcare. If you are health-curious and growth-focused, you are in the right place. But buckle up, because this is real, this is raw, and this is disruptive. This is Integrative You Radio.
1: All right, welcome back to another episode of Integrative U Radio. Today, we are blessed with the presence of Tyler Engel. And he has spent a lot of time, energy, and money mastering some weird fucking concepts that most people don't give a shit about. And it goes from vibration, vibrational medicine, vibrational energy, frequency, quantum physics, ancient history. What else do we have in there? Cymatics you're A huge geek into and I'm fascinated with all these things, being able to come in from my doctor brain is everything is just energy and all energy shows up in patterns. And when I realized that, I understand that sicknesses will show up in patterns. Symptoms will show up in patterns and cycles. And that's what really dove me into really getting into understanding vibrational energy frequencies, because if we don't go back far enough, kind of like Peeling layers of an onion, well, we never stopped the cycle from occurring again. And when I ran onto your social media page, I was, you know, instantly bromance and I gobbled up everything and purchased some of your books. So if, if you're into this stuff, he's written some awesome, really easy books, um, to go through and, but they're not just like simple, like they're easy to read and understand, but they're complex, you know, information. So definitely check it out. So if I missed anything in there, how you want to introduce yourself, Tyler? Definitely add to that.
2: That was that was an excellent intro, man. That was <laughs> you. You hit almost all the bases. Yeah, <laughs> I am a musician as well. I'm uh, planning a a tour if you're into electronic music this year. So I will be announcing that on the socials. But other than that, yeah, you nailed it right on the head. And you're you're creating a track with some visuals, right? I think I saw it on a oh, post. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm working with. Uh, a lot of visual artists. Um, I, I I can make my own, but there's a lot of really talented people out there, and I'm trying to work with as many as possible to create um, kind of an experience like what I, you would get in my book, but way more entertaining and way louder. Nice. That's the that's the goal. Yeah.
1: We need we need the uh, the decibels to to wake yeah. the fuck up this this time <laughs> and age. You know, so if it's if it's that's not cool. gonna shock you, it's kind of just like oh well, we're gonna walk on by and entertain me.
2: that's how i hook you first
1: (laughs) so diving into patterns what would you say is the first primary most important thing to
2: to try to understand when it comes to pattern recognition uh sacred geometry for sure that's hands down um just because it's so easy to like the concepts are so easy to understand and with cymatics and stuff like that it's really easy to teach especially to kids and to people who have never encountered it before because it's really engaging you know if you have a whiteboard and you're drawing out stuff you know in front of kids they're going to fall asleep because it's not really that engaging but if you have a speaker with some water on it or a subwoofer and you're you know pumping a whole lot of energy into that water and the water is making crazy shapes and you're like whoa hold on what's going on here that's That I think is far more uh, effective teaching this stuff than anything else, and at the fundamental level of everything that we're experiencing right now is all geometry. So when you talk about
1: sacred geometry, like to somebody that's never heard of that before, like what does sacred geometry mean compared to just regular geometry?
2: So. Traditional geometry, when I learned traditional geometry, I thought it was just the relation of shapes to mathematics, but sacred geometry is a little different. Sacred geometry is that, but it's how the universe or how reality that you live in, the patterns that you see every day, like if, um, you know, the golden ratio, the seeds and sunflowers, the rings of a tree, the ripples in a pond, they all do that for a reason. They don't just happen randomly there's a pattern there and there's a reason why that pattern occurs and sacred geometry is the study of why those patterns occur and how they relate to us as beings and the universe as a whole so it's more of a um, geometry for philosophy it's it's it integrates everything instead yeah. of just the map
1: when i always kind of explain it just taking it it's you know when we as a as a doctor we go through when we try to like figure out the root cause of something Mm -hmm. and it's like well at root cause of creation we have sacred geometry it's it's the fundamental building blocks of how nature creates everything even the fibonacci sequence of like the body and like from the fingers down to the hand to the arm you know the whole thing to like everything follows a certain set of principles or universal laws and that sacred geometry is those building blocks. You didn't think about like, you know, building yep. life together.
2: And it's, and it's an elegant system. I think it's, it's really easy to understand because, well, it's for when I was in college, I was trying to relate all of these different things, all of the subjects I was taking to the different things, you know, what, what like, what is this knowledge? What is the base of this knowledge going to give me, you know, like all, I have all these pieces, but what can I use with all of the pieces? And I didn't use anything with my degree like that. I, until sacred geometry, I was like, oh, I can re- relate this to this, you know, like at a fundamental level, this thing over here can affect my diet, you know, this shape over here can affect how I sleep. Like all of it, once you know how it's all connected, makes it really easy to learn because you don't have to compartmentalize your learning. It's all the same thing. So that to me was the biggest benefit of it and like the biggest epiphany I had. Once I started learning and looking at the patterns.
1: So be- before I get into the next question, I do want to d- put a disclaimer out. If you're listening to this on a normal podcast, you might want to go onto YouTube to watch it so you can actually see the videos because Tyler's also going to be probably dropping in, as he usually does on his social media, some very cool pictures or some short clips to be able to better understand things as Absolutely. most of us are visual learners. Absolutely. So the second question is, so geometry is like the foundation of creating the shapes of cymatics. What's cymatics and why is that so important?
2: So cymatics is visualizing sound waves through a particular medium. It doesn't necessarily have to be water. Um, There's a thing called a cladney plate. You can create standing waves on a flat piece of metal by drawing a bowstring, like a, a violin bow across it, and it creates these patterns. This is discovered in the 1800s. Um, and it was experimented long before that. Um, discovered is a loose term for this. But uh, this goes back all the way to the dawn of recorded history. All these patterns occur on the oldest buildings that we have. So it's kind of a, um, it's a pretty well studied uh, field. And now we're getting into some really cool stuff. Uh, I've posted a couple of videos about bubble cymatics and they can create some 4D shapes which is pretty sweet. And then um, plasma cymatics, which is pretty, it's not new. If you've seen a Tesla coil play music, that's plasma cymatics. But um, now we're, we're able to manipulate fire with high voltage and a whole bunch of other cool things where you can modulate a signal through a medium like plasma that's very, um, it's like a gas, you know, so it can move really quickly and you can see a lot more detail in the frequencies uh, versus like water where you have to kind of pump a a very clean sine wave through the through this dish on a speaker to see the patterns the fire you can kind of get really crazy now and we, we're starting to see a lot more detail um and how it re- interacts with the natural world with with the plasma so that's i'm really into that i'll be posting a lot about that soon but cymatics is probably um the most engaging content i have for that reason is because it's it's so it's it's natural and it looks like magic sometimes
1: well this i mean i understood it but when i saw the post and I forget who you reposted the video from uh, the scientist, somebody that taken um, the cymatics of different vibrations. And then that was in a two dimensional. And then they used a computer program and put it into a three dimensional. Mm-hmm. And then through that layer, they put um, different colors through it and then they overlapped it and put them together. And it was like this baby's face. And it was just like my mind blown. I'm like, Oh, this is, so simple like our bodies literally just this combination of these different frequencies coming
2: up to a unity expression of thyself and then it's just an excellent color mixer there you can't really do that with normal cymatics (laughs) is a very talented artist but the concept yeah is insane right like if you think about you yourself as a cross-section of just different layers it's it kind of makes a little more sense
1: Well, there's, uh, I'm, I forget this too, but this is completely off topic, but there's this, um, artist that would literally take sheets of glass and he'd put like flowers, like real actual, um, specimens, organs, plants on it, and then put another sheet of glass and would do it. And it would create like this 3d, uh, structure and they're like, they're massively heavy But, like, from all these different whatever they're putting in, flowers, et cetera, like, he'll put in puzzle pieces, like, all these different things. Mm -hmm. He'll create, like, a human body. And you'll look at it, and, like, that looks like a human body. And then you look closer, you're like, that flower has its own design within it. Mm -hmm. And the puzzle pieces connect to make its own design. And you're just, like, that complexity of awareness just blew my mind. Like, but it's kind of, like, the cymatics making up of who we are. It's just all these, like, because you're, I always, like, joke, but we're a universe, you know, our organ systems are like different planets and we have literally chakras that are connected to different planets. And it's like, so we have all of these different, literally, you know, the entire universe as above, so below that we're the microcosm living in the big macrocosm. But like, we have that power that we're not, most of us aren't aware of to be able to dictate the expression of each one of those systems. And I, the, go ahead, that's the, the understanding mm-hmm. of cymatics. That's what like gets me like crazy passionate and fired up about. Like
2: there, there's some mathematics to this. There's potential. Yeah, your your body, all of your, you have what seventy trillion cells inside. A few, yeah, yeah, you have quite a few, and all of them almost wanted, as much
1: like, as the U.S. national debt today.
2: <laughs> almost, <laughs> almost. <laughs> but if you want. To tell them to curl your hand into a fist, they listen to you you know that's that's the mechanical system responding to you as the controller of that mechanical system right like biomechanical system but they all have their if you you know if you get cut or something and you take a cell of your of your hand and look at it under a microscope it still functions for a while on its own it still knows how to how to survive on its own but it needs somebody to command it. And that is you and the level of command. This is what's interested me the most out of all of this, the level, what, what is the potential here? Where does that end? What is the limit of the human ability to control that energy? What is the, just where, awareness, do, where does assume. the mind stop? Yeah. Isn't it just awareness? Yeah. But what's the, like there's, there's huge potential for, um, I mean, you know, very well, placebo and, all of these, these phenomena that are not explainable, what are, it? well, if they're not explainable and we have to have controlled tests against placebo, then why don't we focus on learning how to use the placebo, you know, for, for anything, literally anything. Cause I know well, like, I mean, especially money, we know why <laughs> that is money. Yeah. yeah. But there's other things too, other than medicine. Like I know at the, let's say I go to the gym and I have a, you know, I'm, I'm not really in it that day. And I go just to go through the motions the next day. I'm probably like not sore at all. But if I go to the gym with an intention, I'm like, I'm going to, you know, really hit abs today. And I really focus on it. And I really put all that energy into it. The next day I can't even walk, you know, I can't even stand up straight because you're that's energy directed into an intention. And that's what a a huge part of what I write in my books is about that is it's nice to have this fundamental understanding of geometry and vibration, but that is kind of useless if you're not going to do anything with it. So a lot of the, the last half of codex and the first book I wrote is just how to use that, just how to kind of get in control of the power that you have and use it.
1: And that's the fun part about it is, I mean, we're all either usually, more left brain or more right brain, but you don't have to master the other one to be able to use this. It's like, you don't yeah. have to understand how all this works. Like yeah. we both geek out about it cause it's fascinating, but you don't have to understand it to be able to use, to use it to work for you.
2: And it's free that's and the it's best free.
1: Part. It's very, yeah. I mean, it takes some, some time to, to kind of flip that switch in programming, but that's, that's also a lie because that goes back just to the intensity of our belief system.
2: I say that well, time is relative. How much energy? If you want it to happen quicker, you could really focus on it and you know become an experienced meditator in a month. Like I, I would say it's it's a lifelong practice, but depending on how badly you want it, you can get it whatever speed is within you know the reasonable limits of reality. Um, I think you could start using this uh, almost immediately. I know if if I haven't meditated in a while and I go back to it, then I immediately one, I pick it back up. Like I, I never left, but I immediately recognize the benefits of it. And I'm like, okay, this is why I've been foggy a lot lately is because I haven't taken time to empty out the trash, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it's like, I mean, it shouldn't be used for this, but sometimes I do. It's like, I don't have to sleep very much if I'm meditating a lot. <laughs> so if I, yeah, if I, if I totally delegate a lot of sleep with some extra meditation, it's just like, I'm still more in alignment. I'm still more vibrant. I'm still more on purpose, yeah. like all these things that yeah. like if I'm getting nine hours of sleep and then I'm like, you know, not doing anything. Cause it's, that's a, that I don't know if it's 80, 20, what the, you think there's a percentage of like the internal being aspect to that external doing, um,
2: that gives us that creation of the have. I, I would say it's probably 80, 20. I know if I sleep extra, like too long, then I I actually perform worse. My sweet spot's like six hours. If I can nail six hours, and then I have a good thirty minute meditation during the day, and I hit the gym, it's like I can do whatever. There's nothing that like if I have a to do list, it's all getting done that day. Yeah. If I miss it, you know, like my routine gets a little messed up, especially with like music. If I have like a gig that goes really late and throws that off, I have to I have to really focus and and be like, okay, we gotta you know get back on this routine, or you're gonna have a crappy week next week.
1: So when you think about meditation, cause I mean, I'm sure we have decent amount of listeners that are meditating and some that are not, how does meditation play a role with cymatics?
2: Oh, you can measure it now. So they've, um, I think it was, I don't want to quote the university cause I don't have it right now, but they were doing a study on monks and the, uh, inst- the, their ability to regulate the frequency of the brain is unnaturally good. So like they can take it from almost a sleep state. And this is in an MRI machine, you know, like they're, there's a huge magnet flying around them reading their brain and they're able to go to almost sleep state to what we would consider flow state. And then now they've discovered that there's a, a lambda state above gamma that they can achieve that resembles a lot of like psychedelic experiences that people have when they get measured um, after, you know, lysergic acid or something like that. But the the modulation of your brain waves is absolutely critical. Like try and try and take a, a you know, an ACT test at 8am in the morning. You're not going to do that hot, you know, like that's, there's a lot of things that go into uh, like performing at your at your best. And this is just even in work or relaxing. And it all has to do with modulating that frequency. And a lot of people don't know how to modulate it at all. Or they think it's random that they don't feel good today or like they can't focus or, you know, the massive ADHD problem that we have. It's not I really don't believe in that. I just believe if there's an inability to control what gear your brain is in, because no one's taught this. And the and, and the Eastern philosophies, if you grew up in a house like that, you probably know. But even some of my friends that grew up in those households, their parents didn't teach them that either. And I rely on it every single day. I could not do anything that I do unless I have a pretty good habit of taming my mind because it wants to go off and explore all these wild conspiracy theories and do climatic experiments, but <laughs> I got to pay bills just like everybody else. So the mind
1: is a beast that, um, it is it, a beast. It's, it's the part of that process to be able to, if you master your mind, your body follows suit.
2: It's, uh, there was a, um, analogy of, um, it was like a wild elephant. It's an Eastern analogy, but um, they, they relate the brain to an elephant. That's why um, Ganesh, if you look at some of the drawings of Ganesha, um, he uh, resembles the, the cross section of the brain. Um, and he had a lot to do with like taming those impulses. And mm-hmm. if you can, it's like a horse. If you, if you break the horse, it will be loyal and it will listen to you and it will perform what you need it to do. But if you don't and you let it go wild, then it's not going to be very useful to you. You probably won't even be able to write it unless it wants you to write it, you know?
1: Right. And you'll probably get bucked off. It's not going to feel it good.
2: Definitely will. <laughs> so
1: going back to cymatics, you talked a little bit about the vibration and literally the vibration of just mainly so far of just how the brain works. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, the brain, and correct me if I'm wrong, because you're definitely deeper at this but like your brain sending out a signal a thought and from that our thoughts are what creates our feelings and our feelings is literally kind of like what i explain, like the magnetic force that's going out into the universe that we're attracting the same or similar energy right back into us for the feedback loop to see like okay am, am i in alignment with serving my authentic self or am i not in alignment with serving my authentic self
2: yeah. and
1: this is kind of like what jumped me back with like when you're talking about ADD. The first thing I do with anybody I work with is get crystal clear on their hierarchy of values. So what's most important to them. Cause what i found with every attentive disorder case is that they're just either don't see how it's serving them or they're doing something that's not in alignment with what's most important to them. So the brain's going to get distracted. There's no distraction. We don't care about pain and pleasure when we're loving ourselves, when we're giving what's most important to ourselves, we're just yeah. like in that flow state. Saying, this is fucking awesome. This is mm-hmm. this is what's most important to me. But anytime that we're outside of that, that creates a polarization and charge which alters the vibration. And then that changes the form, the cymatics. So we're gonna have some type of symptom, which is we think is bad, but it's really just a wake up call saying, like, hey, you probably alarm, are out of alignment. Yeah.
2: It's an alarm. So you saying how, how do those, the, the vibrations affect the, the emotions? Is that,
1: well, I was going to ask you two things. One, going back to understand like those, vi- the vibrations with the mind, because we were talking about that, but also I know you're into like technologies and different things. Like what things could you talk about that using like almost like energy, I don't call it energy medicine. Um, but it's like. How we can use different technologies to also support our body and our mind through that vibration.
2: There's actually a lot of really cool new tech coming out about this. Um, I say it's new tech, but it's really old tech that
1: kind, kind of has things, nothing's
2: new, <laughs> not new at all. Um, there's there's a lot of a lot of people ask me about like Rife machines and stuff like that 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 use um, manipulating magnetic fields to influence a certain part of the body. And there's really really good research coming out that it is really effective it's it's going to take time to you know convince the medical community that you don't need a a pill based on hydrocarbons to fix a problem but you know we're this is the world we live in but these these machines now um there's a, a key component to them you have to You have to be in alignment with that technology working like there's there's a belief component because just as there is a placebo, there's a nocebo effect, too. If I believe that this thing isn't going to help me, it's not going to help me. Your body responds. It's the way you modulate your signals to your brain. It's translating everything down to your organs, you know, like every thought that gets that's here. You know, if I need to move my hand towards the screen needs to get translated into mechanical energy. So that has to get stepped down to every system in the body so that my hand can move, right? So there's a vibrational component to literally every process in the body. And about 14 years ago, they did some research. Um, I can't remember the organization that did this. Um, But they uh, isolated a bunch of viruses and they put them in chambers and they experimented with different frequencies and we're able to break up um, leukemia and a couple other cells with just vibration.
1: I remember and watching been, that TED Talk. Yeah,
2: that is the basis for um, like sound therapy or healing with that. But the, he was using like um, like really high frequencies, like three hundred thousand hertz stuff like that for for very small. You you have to have that high of vibration for very small things, right? But the basis for for traditional sound healing, the stuff that you can do at your home is to have a carrier wave like a bigger carrier wave and when i say carrier wave that means like a frequency within the audible range or a range that you can feel that would be a carrier wave for a higher level healing frequency like the ones that were used to to hit the leukemia cells so traditional sound therapy in in terms of like um ancient culture and and, um, religious practice is Finding those frequencies, if you say you have a block, like a, you know, an intestinal problem or something, there's a frequency that resonates with those specific cells. And there's one that's going to make it harmonious. And then there's one that's going to make it dissonant. And dissonance is a chaotic signal. And like that last TikTok that I just posted, we were going over, if a signal is dissonant, your brain cannot tell the difference between what it means. It's like white noise. If there's white noise over us talking, no one's going to know what we're saying. They'd have to read our lips or something, right? But the fact that our mouths can create patterns through the air with sound and it hits your ear and you translate that back and then you respond, that's a communication, right? Your organs have the same thing. So sound therapy in that sense is finding the frequencies that resonate with that particular part of the body that maybe has a problem or needs healing, and then injecting that essentially into the body to get those pieces into resonance and into alignment so that they can do their job instead of being blocked up. And what's powerful is that we can do that
1: in both ways. We can do that through taking like the harmful one, figuring out what that is, and then creating the inverse to collapse that from showing up and then at the same time, also giving what that organ system wants to resonate at for optimal health. So you can literally just using a vibration, knock out what shouldn't be there, but then also figure out how to increase just the, the magnitude overall of that optimal vibration.
2: And like what you said before, when you're trying to figure out what the blockage was, that is the most important part because let's say you don't know what the blockage is and you're trying to heal, or you're trying to, to, to have a um, a certain experience, right? If if you don't change the blockage, you're feeding that bad part that the part that's making you sick. You're amplifying it. That it runs on that signal, and if you don't change it, say you you constantly eat bad food and you have inflammation everywhere, that is constantly giving the those those cells that run on that energy. So it's, it, you can think of it in both ways. Even with physical processes, it doesn't necessarily have to be a sound wave entering your body. Everything is still running off of, of some sort of vibration, whether that gets converted into chemical energy in, in your gut or if it's mechanical energy going through the air. Either way, there's an energy exchange. And knowing where the good energies are and where the bad energies are is – going to be the key to doing anything it's going to be the key to modulating your brain state or going through therapies that are non-invasive because it it, within resonance like if if certain objects you know tuning forks are tuned to a specific frequency if i hit one of them and another one is around somewhere within the range of that wave the other one's going to resonate right that's the same thing in the body if there are bad cells all over the place in the body traditional medicine would take a knife and try and cut those out of you but sound therapy and vibrational therapy just puts the vibration into your body and can break that up wherever they are. It's non-invasive. And I think that's going to be a huge revolution when we start accepting that that is effective.
1: Oh, hundred percent. I mean, getting into, well, I wanted to, I've never talked to you about this, but my next question is I want to talk about some scalar therapies. Um, but before that talking about the patterns and this is kind of, you know, after we learn something that seems so complex, but after we learn it, you're like, "That just, that's makes perfect sense. It's kind of stupid. Why didn't I know this before? But it's like, we always hear about a body and a mind and a spirit. And it's just like, you know, we have this physical body and energy always flows from non-physical into physical. So we have this physical body and we're trying to put so much energy and work on this physical body, but it's the last part of creation. So yeah. when understanding patterns, what shows up in the physical body, that pattern started higher up. So that pattern started up in a disconnect from the mind to the body or from the spirit to the mind. And I talk about spirit being kind of like two different spirits, one, your internal spirit, and that's going to that values that I was mentioning. It's like the values is what's most important to you. Hence you're inspired. So if you're inspired and the mind's in alignment with literally thoughts that are inspiring you, allowing you to make decisions and take action on what's inspiring you, the body's going to have that pattern of self-love and that's going to express that roughly 432 Hertz. And when we're outside of that alignment, then we're going to be polarized and we're going to have that vibration go down. And what's cool about, you know, Chinese understanding of they've mapped out a broad understanding of where these frequencies and energies are being stored within different mm-hmm. tissues and organ system. Yeah, and it's just like good. freaking amazing.
2: Yeah. They've the, the arrogance of Western traditional like advice on this is it kind of blows my mind. Cause there's cultures in the East that have been studying all of this for literally thousands of years. And we're, couple hundred years old with the stuff that we're using and then we're like no this is the better way this is (laughs) obviously it's the better way there's a device that you can hold that you can do that you know like it's it's a very limited perspective if you don't know that they've been doing that for hundreds of years and their life expectancy is pretty much the same if not more than ours in some areas and they're using the same techniques that you just mentioned it's just finding what's blocking and then removing the block and that's that not only removes the problem it removes the problem from your life so that you can get into what you were saying alignment and if you can make your thoughts words and actions line up perfectly one that's confidence that is the embodiment of confidence and that allows you to do whatever you want if you have a certain thing that you're trying to do you know and you have a thought that's like well well i'm not i'm not good enough i'm not smart enough i'm not whatever you know that's your block you're not going to ever go farther than that if you still have that block and no one, everyone's like, you know, take a, take a Adderall. That'll fix it. Or take, you know, this, this thing is going to just fix all your problems. Okay. Well, what if they stop making that thing? What if they stop making your Adderall forever? What if the pharmacies go out of business? You know, what are you going to do then? And it didn't fix the problem. It just fixed, it changed the feeling. It temporarily <laughs> yeah, it it temporarily yeah. made you not feel like <laughs> crap.
1: <laughs> so one of the, we're jumping all around. One of the things from what you're talking about, maybe you just like realize, you know, back in the day, we used these temples and these churches for healing, and they're mm. all designed through like creating cymatics and like you know even yeah. the different colored glass being tempered and the three mm. D dimension of it, how energy flows through all of that, and then having you know a being being able to do you know, a meditation or working mentally yeah. through as they're receiving that, like talk to me about some of the yeah. stuff that you've kind of uncovered from ancient history and in, in that aspect.
2: Well, it's kind of, a, it's an evolution too. You have to look at it like, a the, if you, the, the ruins that we do have of the you know oldest parts of, of, uh, our history, they're all built within a geometric proportion. It doesn't matter. I always tell people, don't look at the walls. Don't look at what's written there. Don't look at the papers. Don't look at the books yet. Look at the geometry first because the geometry can't be changed. So if you're looking at the pyramids and stuff and everyone's like, oh, we don't know how they're built, blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, that's something to focus on. Yeah, but look at the geometry that's encoded in there because that's what the message is and the geometry is going to have the harmonics encoded in it that's literally the key to how to use them so there's a there's a a girl i can't remember her name she did she did this study on cathedrals which i would say if you're looking at all of this ancient stuff and going down that rabbit hole you have you have the bookends of the pyramids and then you have the cathedrals in your modern day examples of these buildings we don't really create anything like that anymore so that's where our that story ends if you look at the cathedrals this um this woman she she put a uh, microphone into the cathedrals when they were dead silent and they all have a resonance at dead silence they are they are specifically tuned to a, to a frequency and there's a lot of speculation on what that could be but they also they resonate within the um their their field that you can perceive they resonate within the harmonics that are beautiful to our perception And they are also beautiful to plants they are beautiful to animals. Anyone that hears these noises, they recognize that this is not uh, this is something I need to pay attention to. This is not chaos. I don't need to run from this. What is making this? This feels good. It feels good. So um, when you're looking really deep into um, Egypt, for example, they have a temple called the Assyrian and it's all megalithic granite with huge rooms. And all of the rooms are tuned to a specific frequency, and they some of them even had places that look like for um, a bed or something. You mm-hmm. know, someone okay. would go in there for some sort of purpose. So the the um, the if you if you read the native story or the the wisdom keepers of Egypt tell you that it was for healing. The people that dug out the temple will tell you that it's for burials. But that but there's there's sense. a lot of there's a lot of water there's a lot of there's things in that temple that are not like why would you put that there if the guy's just going to be in a coffin you know it doesn't make sense why do you have a, a 10 ton block over your head when you could have built it out of little bricks you know it doesn't make sense so uh those things in my opinion they went there for priests and priestesses who knew what they were doing frequency wise and could manipulate those things as a conscious form of sound healing instead of like a an electric form that we would we would consider today where you hook up to sensors to a computer, the computer analyzes it, and then gives you some sort of reading back about what's what's going on with those waves. Here, it was more of a that person knows, because they've done it before they've healed people this way, and they can feel the resonances and they can control it versus the computer, they were the computer, they were the computer. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of like neurofeedback where you're getting feedback from the computer
1: and you're exactly. trying to make a change based on, you know, focus, intention, etc. but you're just doing that through that your deep connection with resonance or
2: out of resonance. Yeah, cuz I I mean, don't tell you something, but you can still feel like no, something's wrong. They can yeah. tell you you're healthy and you can be like no, something feels not okay. <laughs> you know. Well, and you have to be at that level to be able to feel what's off. Like you can't. You do. Yeah. I wonder but if it, also, the cathedrals too, if, um, if you look really close, especially a lot of the ones in, um, Italy, they have, uh, they have, this is just my personal speculation because I know they were used for the, I was public just in Italy
1: and I went into so many cathed- like and it, like, like oh. the energy was amazing. Like
2: ridiculous, right? Yeah wild. the scale and the precision and all of the it, it's it's not because they just wanted to glorify something. It's the people knew what they were doing. The people yep. that built it that designed it are different than the people that built it and the people that use it for the public are different than the people that use it in private. Mm-hmm. Oh cuz the that of use it in, too. Yeah. There is. Hit it. Yeah. If you know what you're looking for, you can tell the story very easily. I was like,
1: "Holy shit. You see that? <laughs> like, when was this made?"
2: Yeah. It's, it's hidden just, in plain sight. Like, yep, it's all that's there. That's the beauty of it. It's wild. But they I, I think they were also using a lot of plant medicine in the cathedrals as well, um along with the resonance. because if you if you do a lot of research into this, if you modulate your your brain's frequency and you're clearly amplified by some compound then your cognitive abilities are exponential they're not linear they're exponential because you're using a form like what you're talking about a scalar wave where it's amplifying it's doubling 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 so it's so it's about literally the conscious frequency is getting shot out of you almost it's like that's why we talk about like a an astral body or like having an out-of-body experience means your consciousness is is vibrating so high that it doesn't fit in your body anymore, essentially. And you can do other things with that. You're aware of being aware of being aware of being aware. Meta, meta. <laughs> <laughs>
1: meta of the meta. The It'd be interesting if – did they have uh, a, like a baseline frequency of those cathedrals? I was wondering if it's got frequency at yeah,
2: 1.618. They, they, um, they do. And um so I, I have a bunch of theories on this and I've never really posted about it. Cause I don't, I try not to like dip into any areas that I'm not very, very sure of, you know, it kind of, I don't want to step on my own toes
1: until you talk but to it
2: me. But <laughs> That if you, if you look at, this is we're still on cathedrals here the alignments of cathedrals are different than the alignments of um let's say like the pyramids and stuff they serve different functions the cathedrals are like a 4d clock the cathedrals have um, they use the stained glass they use the alignment of the structure and they use the different chambers inside of the cathedral for different purposes so at different times of year which is why they don't the the builders of the cathedral didn't run on the Gregorian calendar either because the Gregorian calendar is off Gregorian calendars for taxes. They ran off of the celestial calendar. So when the alignments hit and a lot of cathedrals like, um, chart, for example, the sun will go through a, a perfectly, um, clear piece of glass in the cathedral and it will hit certain bricks on the floor at certain times of the year. And so certain – when it hits on those things, they had certain ceremonies to do Makes whatever sense. they were yeah. doing. And um, so it's it's not only tuning it with, with the earth and the body. It's also tuning it with the cosmos because most – the only culture that doesn't recognize that the cosmos has an influence on humanity is modern science. They're the only culture in history that's ever disregarded it completely and not played a factor in – you know normal operations of the body so the this was kind of a well-known thing and it was incorporated into what they were doing and those those all of those pieces when you put them together they're like okay something's going on here and it's probably something that we should look into if <laughs> if this is deliberately getting suppressed and there's there's probably a financial component for that we should definitely look into this
1: yeah it's uh it's easy to see what what created that shift when you when you dive (laughs) you
2: do enough digging and it's not a (laughs) lot you're like okay
1: (laughs) that makes sense so when (laughs) when looking at ancient history cymatics vibration sacred geometry we haven't talked a lot about quantum physics but quantum physics is a piece that kind of ties all of that in Um, how would you and i this comes back to the books that you wrote but like where would you say that somebody should start? their journey and then kind of like continue forward like should they start with ancient history first or the start you know reading vibration and tesla stuff like where should they start and kind of go from there
2: so that's why i I made the whole channel for that reason my my page is on instagram because i don't know that's the question. <laughs> that's like, I don't, I don't know what interests you because I got bored and I was looking into the pyramids. That's literally what I, I, I mean, I had a knowledge of engineering and stuff before that, like I said, but I wouldn't have looked into sacred geometry first. I, I really wouldn't. I would have been like, that's loony stuff, you know, but like from my engineering background, I, w- I was like, okay, we have, at this point, we have to know how the pyramids were built. There's no way we don't know how they did that. We're the most advanced civilization that's ever been here. We have to know, right? Air quotes,
1: <laughs> but
2: they they yeah. And once you get into that, that's why everyone that everyone that has an argument on my socials about like pyramids or or megalithic stuff, I'm like, welcome to the rabbit hole, dude. Because you you have one question, someone comes back at you with an argument, and then you have to defend that. And then once you take that step, you're got, you're done. <laughs> you you start looking into it, and you're like. Wait, hold on. What? (laughs) Because the one thing that they're arguing about is one piece of like a million other things that that they did that we cannot explain. And so that to me is like that's a real eye opener. And I think it hits hardest because then you start to have that. Oh, I've been lied to my whole life epiphany. And then you get angry and and then you like start to hate the government and all this stuff and like whatever. As long as you're moving up the emotional ladder here, you're going to reach like, okay, maybe I should get my spiritual crap handled. That's that To me, that's like the best gateway to it. But if you're already pretty aware and like you never really took those stories seriously, then I would say, yeah, sacred geometry is probably the most interesting thing that I'm into right now just because I find new stuff and new patterns literally every day about – you know, just the stuff that's all around you, which that you can immediately interact with that. And especially cymatics and stuff. That's, that's the most interesting from an educational perspective, I would say. But, um, the, you know, the quantum and stuff, you kind of have to have a little bit of a background in science to, to, to really piece those things together. It's kind of a hard thing to, when someone says quantum, when you get into eight, quantum,
1: like there is no energy.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's just a probability. <laughs> Yeah, and you're like, what?
1: I fucking spent all this time studying energy, and now you're telling me there is no energy?
2: <laughs> exactly, your degree's worthless. <laughs> so
1: yeah, that'll, that'll be a different podcast.
2: <laughs> it will be
1: just on the quantum for, for
2: people who are into like science and stuff. Uh, that's why I talk about the the quantum is because my that's where I
1: started. I started the quantum, yeah. and that led me to everything
2: else. Um, yeah, there's different doors, but dip. I think they all lead to the same place.
1: Yep. Love.
2: Yeah. Exactly. You have to.
1: (laughs) I mean, that's that's what I mean. It's funny because I always judge myself for like being woo-woo and like talking about love for a while. And I guess we'll we'll wrap it up with 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 this concept of love. Is that you know love the best definition I've found scientifically of love is love is the synthesis and synchronicity of opposites. So you're you're collapsing that inverse wavelength with the polarized opposites of the two, like happiness and sadness. You can't have one without the other Einstein taught us every action. There's right. an equal and opposite reaction. So love is that combination of everything of both also, of those at that exact synchronous moment. And when we can actually get our awareness to be balanced and perceived, that balances the brainwave activity that actually opens up the heart and allows us to be grateful. And then if we do it strong enough, we have a tear of gratitude.
2: And that heals. I, I think there's a, that kind of turns some people off the 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 whole the love thing. Uh, and it's not. I got I got to make a distinction on this one too because it's not like a love you feel for a partner or a family member. It's different than that. I, I would I would say it's like a general love for life. That would be consciousness. It would be the the love for being here. Because like you don't you wake up every day and you know sometimes maybe you have a bad day maybe you have a good day but either way I still want to see what happens and that's the love. You know, that's that's what we're we're pushing. And if you can't if you can't connect with that and you don't have that, then you remove yourself from the possibility of learning anything new, because if you don't love it, then you're not going to have the the pathways like we were talking about to, to even consider that there is something else out there. There is something more that you can you know discover. And that's what you're kind of here to do. Ignorance is a conscious a conscious decision not to accept knowledge, right? And if you're ignorant, you're leaving yourself vulnerable, first off. But it's it's different from nescience, too. Like that, not having the information, nescience is not having the, the information available to you. That's not ignorance. Ignorance is being presented with fast food is going to kill you, and then you still eat fast food. That's ignorance. So ignorance allows you to go down the bad paths where love opens you up to knowledge because you're open to new ideas. You're open to see if these things are true because you're like, well, if it is true, it could benefit my life. You know? So I, that's the love that we're talking about. It's not like the, you know, go hug a tree and love it. You can hug all the trees you want, but like, this not is a, like not a practical. bad thing,
1: but no, that's it's not a bad thing. That's superficial. It's not love. <laughs> like it say, not even say like your values, that's superficial love because everybody has yeah. a different set of values. And that's what creates the balance. Like, and we think of something being good or bad, we'll say that for the quantum talk, but it, yeah. it's all, <laughs> all, all the things, but like, it's just Sorry. everything in life. The more we can, you know, describe this data into knowledge and then take action of, you know, receive wisdom, mm-hmm. that wisdom is right in alignment with that mm-hmm. universal love that universal consciousness that that there's there's no mistakes there's literally everything is perfect it's just all in here to guide us into being our best version of ourselves
2: and that's why the feelings like you're saying the feelings are actually what actually matters is once if you don't have the heart component to it you don't have the feeling behind it you don't make memories without feelings you don't go after anything without feelings you have to unlock that first to link it up with your brain to make the the logical conscious decisions to go in that path that you want. So that literally the first step is unlocking the 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 love that we're talking about here. It's unlocking a passion for wanting to actually do something with the time that you were given here,
1: which isn't very long. No, it's not. Awesome, brother. Well, I've enjoyed this time and space with you, hopefully, listeners. If you loving the concept of ancient history, cymatics, vibrations, frequency, all the fun, crazy shit, definitely look up. Tyler's will have his information in the show notes. Um, but like I said, I have a couple of his books and I highly encourage you to check them out. They have helped me gain some clarity and that confidence and everything. So yes, thank you Appreciate for it. taking the time to create that for everyone. Thank you for having me here. I had a great time. Awesome. All right. Until next time, everybody.
0: We thank you so much for being an avid listener of Integrative You Radio, formerly known as Integrative Wellness Radio. We appreciate all of your support. We love your comments. Please visit us on social media as well as our website to see all of the fun things happening behind the scenes and the new amazing content and courses that is being rolled out on a monthly basis. We hope to see you there.